Welcome to Classical Chats. I'm Tiffany. We're back with new episodes of Classical Chats. I'm very excited for the upcoming guests in this new season. I hope you enjoy the upcoming chats and subscribe if you haven't. If you're new here, Classical Chats is a series on my nonprofit charity platform, Together with Classical, where I talk to anyone who loves classical music. Anyone from professionals to amateurs to avid listeners, just anyone who loves classical music. As a pianist myself, I'm very excited to have two wonderful pianists for the first episode of this new season, Alexio Box and Lucio Chong. Funny thing is, we met a long time ago. I met Alexio and I was taking his master class. I could have played better. <laughs> I was not exactly a great student, but anyway, I'm very excited to talk to them. We met up again somehow through the craziness of the pandemic and some live streaming. They really play wonderfully together as a duo. And when I heard them during the pandemic, I just knew that I had to invite them. On their own, they're also wonderful soloists. Alexia won the first prize at the Leeds and Hamamatsu piano competitions, was awarded the Avery Fisher Prize, and regularly performs with other acclaimed artists like Joshua Bell and Stephen Isolis. Lucille made her debut when she was 10 years old and has been acclaimed by the Gramophone magazine for her stylish and refined performances. So I'm very excited for this chat. Welcome to Classical Chats. You're my first guests of this new season, so I'm excited. Wow. <laughs> I might be a little bit out of... Uh, out of shape in doing this because it's been a while but how are you fine and i doubt you'll be out of shape you're you're toes on the piano and in this as well so. <laughs> oh you're very nice well it's funny though i think about how we first met and i actually met alexio before lucille and um it was in such a different dynamic because i was taking a master class i don't know if you remember of course, and I was, Mozart uh, piano quartet. Yeah, yes. yeah, I know. It's unfortunate that you do remember because I was not exactly the best student. But um, yeah, and now here we are. Somehow we got connected via the pandemic, which is kind of strange. Um, exactly. But we were yes, yes, kind yes. of connected through Music Never Sleep. And then I saw both of you play so wonderfully. Uh, what was it? In March? April? When was that? Yeah, it felt cold, yeah. but I feel springtime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, so I just thought I would love to start this new season with such a wonderful musician group and uh, someone that I actually have a few words with before, so it's not completely strangers. So, <laughs> <laughs> good idea. <laughs> anyway, no. that's a long spiel. But first question that I like to start off all of my classical chats is to kind of just understand how you started your journey with classical music. How did it all begin? Uh, should I go first? Yeah, sure. Oh, I, I sure. think it, I'd like to say music found me because supposedly oh. when I was two or three, I would ask my parents for a piano, which is kind of strange because both my parents are scientists and we didn't have a oh. piano at home. So <laughs> like they don't know why I prompted them. And um, so they bought me a toy piano, but I was never me satisfied. Too. Really? You got a toy piano too? I started on a toy piano. I started a toy piano uh, with four keys though. So I don't know how many keys yours had. Uh, but... Maybe like eight. I don't know. <laughs> it looked tiny in the photo. But I didn't ask for it. It was just a toy. But anyway, that's cool. We both started on a toy piano. Yeah. <laughs> 
And then, um, so I was going to school at the time, no real interest in piano, but um, at that time they were offering piano lessons for, for whoever wanted to sign up. And I thought, oh, what a great idea because all the cool girls were signing up. Oh, I'm taking piano this year. And like, okay, I want to sign up too. So that's how I signed up. Still no piano, by the way. And I had this wonderful teacher who's actually a, a violinist by profession which was strange, but she was teaching music in, in the school. And she had this idea of like uh, registering me for all the competitions. And so I entered and I won. And then my parents thought, oh, maybe she has talent. Let's buy her a piano. So that whole first year, I, I kind of played it by ear and like I, I didn't really practice, but somehow I made it through the competitions and I kind of liked it, like the attention, the repertoire, and we got to travel actually. And so that's how I started. And it progressed really quickly because by the time I was 10, I was performing with the Montreal Symphony. And then, um, then I actually moved to Philadelphia to the Curtis Institute when I was 13. So things just progressed very quickly. But as I said, you know, music found me and, and luckily I had wonderful parents that supported this crazy journey and idea. So that's how I started. It sounds so natural. I, I liked how it was just kind of your curiosity that drove you into the music on the piano. Yeah, That's great. <laughs> so what about you, Alexio? Uh, for me, um, I don't think it's quite as interesting, but uh, you know, I grew up in Italy. Um, and of course, every um, little Italian boy's dream is to be a soccer star. So uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no question. Um, whether you like soccer or not, that's that's something you have to do. So I started playing, and very quickly I realized that I was not nearly as good as anybody else around me. Uh, I mean, I loved I loved the, the game and, and and bringing friends together, but I was really not not that talented. So the next thing, next activity was was music. Uh, my parents loved music, but they were not musicians. Um, I mean, they could read music just enough, but um, so, you know, I heard first, I think I remember clearly uh, hearing the organ in church and, and, and being really uh, transported by the music, especially Bach had, had really a great uh, appeal to me, but um, still does, I have to say it. But, um, and so I wanted to be an organist and when he, so I took some, some lessons, some piano lessons, and when it came time to enter the, the conservatory, I uh, was uh, eight, nine years old. Um, they, in Italy, you'd have to take five years of piano before they let you switch to the organ. And absolutely didn't want to do that. It's like, no, I, I you don't understand. I really love the organ. I cannot reach the pedals yet, but I don't care. I wait, you know, I got... Um, I was wondering about that, about the height issue, because uh, I, I don't think a kid could easily oh, I was play kind of an organ. Standing on it, it was very comical, but I was so determined. <laughs> you know, my brother yeah. started piano at the same time, then eventually switched to violin, and we used to take these Bach fugues and just split the parts and play them together. You know, it was just too hard. So we played the bottom um, parts with the pedals, and yeah. Uh, but anyway, it, um, <laughs> so I didn't want to play piano at all, uh, and then after. The first few pieces, you know, Mozart did a lot of Mozart, and then the Romantics, the Liszt, Chopin. I just felt so much in love with it, and I forgot all about the organ. <laughs> I mean, still very it's emotional. So different. Uh, it's still wow. very emotional to me when I hear, especially um, you know, incredible reper French repertoire, for example, uh, and uh, improvisation, organ improvisation uh, tradition, French. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's it transports me to a different world, but. 
that I know I cannot do now. Uh, I admire it, but I'm still still waiting to switch on to the organ one day. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny that you say that you know in Italy everyone's dream is to play the soccer because there is a lot of footwork in an organ. So there's a little bit, I guess. Of I suppose. I suppose so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had no idea that that you had an interest in organ and. Yeah. yeah, it was it's funny because it, it kind of came full circle because my very first commercial recording was with a wonderful um, organist, uh, Stefan Engels, German organist, of the mm -hmm. complete works by Marcel Dupré for a duo, piano and organ duo, which is very unusual. Uh, oh, and that, and wow. that was my very first recording. Um, and, you know, we jokingly switched parts and just didn't work well. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I consider that coming full circle. And so my um, dream... Uh, or my organ dreams are kind of over now. Oh, but you now play the piano really beautifully. Yes, and you, and both of one, you play together. My lifetime is not enough for pianos, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's so much repertoire, and I still find myself discovering new things every day. So that's great about the piano. But how did you both end up uh, performing together and play mm. as a duel? Uh, quite by chance, because, you know, as you know, two pianists, we don't have to play together. It's not as if, you know, you have to accompany a singer or a violinist or a cellist. Yeah. It, it was actually um, the Ottawa Chamber Music Festival uh, in Canada. Um, they were celebrating. It was a big anniversary. Was it like the 10th anniversary? Yeah, for them. And it was uh, the 150th anniversary of Steinway. Of Steinway. And so they they said, we're going to have a big piano extravaganza. We're going to have like 10 grand pianos on, on stage at the National uh, Center in Canada. And um, so I'm Canadian and they had called me and by osmosis, I guess, they considered Alessio yeah. Canadian. There were 16 pianists, 15 Canadians and me. Honorary <laughs> Canadian. Fit very well in. <laughs> and then mostly like huge pieces, right? Like we're playing these monster works with all these pianists. But then they had asked us, oh, would you like to perform a, a duo? And so we actually performed Rachmaninoff Suite uh, number two, The Romance, right? And so that was the first time we actually played together the Rachmaninoff piece. And I think it, it went really well and people and we got invited back the next year as a duo and we we're like oh okay <laughs> so maybe we should start learning some repertoire together and it, i guess it's it's natural it, we respect each other's playing musical insight and you know people ask oh don't you fight or don't you bring your outside life i don't think so based on what i've heard i you you work together so seamlessly it's almost indistinguishable uh, indistinguishable kind of um the way you just it's everything is so well connected and so i don't think you fight in, in piano <laughs> we don't and actually it doesn't take so much time rehearsing and our musical ideas are kind of in sync and very focused and and we also know what will sound better if he's on the top or i'm on the bottom or who's piano one and who's piano two so there's really not much you know running around that and it's a joy to play together and as you know the repertoire is just huge you know you have these <laughs> transcriptions of, of orchestral pieces or symphony and you have these beautiful schubert you know mignonettes like you know works yeah. by brahms schubert mozart everyone because they composed for their friends and just to share um, yeah and it's uh yeah, it's always very fun to listen to the arrangements. I remember very well the Brahms you did um, in the Domina Center 
and it was just、uh, so lively and so exciting to hear it、uh, as dual piano. But is it?、Um, I mean, I imagine it must be different to play dual and、uh, as opposed to doing solo or maybe even doing concerto. So, what was that transition like? If there was ever one? Yeah, I mean, I think.、Um, well, no, we, I mean, we tried to. It's important for us to, as a as pianists, to do all of it. I think it's for me. It's I couldn't live. Without concerto,、uh, I couldn't live without duo piano. I couldn't live without chamber music, and、so、it's just at the end, the end result has to be the same. It's about the music. The process to get there is quite quite different, as you well know, especially、um, for piano, two pianos and piano for hands,、um, because there's I do a lot of chamber music with other instruments, and and it's always great fun and great colleagues. It's so inspiring. But when it comes to four hands. Two pianos and especially four hands. You're really sharing the same instrument, so it, it's a different level and an instrument that it's not natural to share. You know, there's、um, it's a very mechanical and technical instruments that, for example, just to say one thing, if two notes are not perfectly together, it's obvious.、Uh, whereas you know, with a singer, there's more、uh, flexibility. With a the violinist, there's more flexibility. That's just one small example. But then. Um, logistically, it can be a nightmare to share with somebody else a keyboard.、Uh, to pedal for the other person is also, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's a sixth sense, I think,、um, because you know exactly when the other pianist plays plays a note, but you never think about when they release the note. Something like in the other instruments, you would know exactly. On the organ, for example, you know exactly, and that's just as important.、Um, and so, how do you pedal for someone? That when you don't know what's happening, so I think you can put two great pianists, independently great pianists, together、uh, in a forehand piece, and it can be a disaster. And most likely, it might be. You know, it could, it's still. I mean, pianists getting together, and we do that. There's many festivals,、uh, and it's always great joy and great fun. You know, it's it's a way to、uh, to share the love of music. But then. If you're going deeper and, and looking for incredible、um, level and depth of musicianship, it's, it's a completely different art. Yeah, I can imagine. I just had a flashback of the last time I played. I never played it professionally; it was just for fun. I did、mm-hmm. it with、uh, actually the CEO of Steinway for fun. We did a little movement from the Mozart、um, forehands, and it was—I mean, it was just for fun. But still, the pedaling and trying to figure out when they were going to do something musically or not, and the timing of everything.、Um, yeah, it's definitely a very different process. So walk me through, as you say, that the process is very different. How would you? Approach the interpretation because you have to combine two brains together, right, into one work. I mean, for me, I would say that、um, Lucille kind of hinted、um, to this earlier. That's the advantage of of being part of the same family and being in a relationship and having lived、um, personally together, but also musically together. You know, we've kind of grown.、Mm-hmm. For many years now, together, listening to each other's playing and 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 critiquing, <laughs>、uh, sometimes quite directly each other's playing. So we know our strengths and and, and weaknesses,、um, and, and and so in the end, there's very little、um, uh, that we need to speak about during rehearsals. You know, unless. Um, it's a piece, for example, that we've played a lot, and we want to try different things, you know,、uh, and that's always interesting.、Um, so the process is quite seamless. I mean, I find that when I play with、uh, other people, for example, I have to step back and, and work what about things that we don't even need to talk about.、Uh, 
Uh, and I think this is um, especially um, the case with piano for hands, uh, even more than two pianos. I think um, the breath is so important important uh, as Alessia was touching about there's something mechanical about the piano pushing down the keys and if they don't sound together it sounds bad it goes cluck clunk right <laughs> and I think uh, knowing each other's breath feeling it breathing together already kind of we feel the phrase together that's already a huge part of it as as far as balance um I think we're finely tuned to each other's uh, playing and voicing in a way that we can always adjust. And so that's, it would be really interesting if you had a neuroscientist kind of put mm -hmm. like rods in our heads, like so much, so much stimulus going on at the same time, you know, to adjust the, the balance just based yeah. on the way he, he touched one note. I know how it's going to sound. So I adjust mine accordingly or vice versa. And also for pedaling, because um, there's this, the timing of release. It could be visual sometimes, but mostly I feel it. You know, you know, other people yeah. you have to talk about it. Oh, I or I... like just look <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you know, and that's that's you know that's a sure way to work, but it's really not fun because you don't have the flexibility to. Um, and yeah. breath is very important. I mean, it's something that as pianists we often don't think about it. You know, we think of breathing as someone. You know, a teacher says, "Oh, breathe here," and we go. And then just play. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not, whereas, you know, a wind instrument needs to control the breath through the phrase. And that's something that, that um, it's, I learned so much from playing for hands because you kind of have to do it together as if you're playing with a singer and then trust somehow that it's going to work uh, mm. rather than just look at the small details on when the key is being pressed, which will be incredibly stressful, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah, actually, that, that really is uh, very interesting, the way you describe it, because I feel that sometimes with chamber music playing, if I know the partner well, then I kind of know when they will start a note, maybe the way they phrase their rubato, and I don't have to look, because in the very beginning, when I first got to know them, I had to look at their bow and be really anxious about it. So I can kind of understand the uh, similarity also. Mm -hmm. Is there something that you learned from solo, or maybe the other way around? Maybe you have already talked about this, but... Uh, something that you can apply to playing four hands or maybe from four hands to um, other uh, ensemble playing? Well, for me, it's been a lesson in voicing because when you play solo, you voice all the time, the top a little more, you give a richness and, you know, all the middle voices are kind of in relief or, you know, you have to balance it within your 10 hands. But then when you're playing with 20 fingers, uh, the balance is totally different. And, you know, I have to reconfigure the way I, I, I play technically, actually. Mm -hmm. And also mm -hmm. height makes a huge difference. I remember once I, we, I kept on like, um, like making mistakes and I was like, I don't understand why, you know, what's the problem? And then he said, oh, I think you're a little too low. So just the adjustment of the bench height, it changed uh, everything. I mean, little things, subtle things as the physicality of it. You know, you're very aware of your space. And that also you can bring back to your solo because you think how much position or, you know, the weight distribution affects sound and, and mm -hmm. you know, and how it projects. So it's vice versa. Just a lot of subtleties that maybe we don't think about when we play solo, but then we just become very aware of it when we play together. Um, huh for me, like voicing. I think especially. voicing is especially tricky because 
you know, uh, if you're a great chamber musician, you know, thinking of you're playing in a piano quintet, for example, and then you realize that your right hand is not always the top anymore, right? So you have to mm -hmm. voice differently yeah. according. And that's something it's even very hard to teach because you just have to know the score and have a feel for it. And it's constantly changes, uh, changing from chord to chord, sometimes from phrase to phrase. Uh, but then on the piano, we are not trained to, th when you play just on one instrument, we're not wired, hardwired to, to play that way. So mm -hmm. um, if I'm at the bottom now, you know, my right hand is exactly in the least interesting part of the texture, you know? And, and mm -hmm. it's uh, the most, very often, especially in classical uh, repertoire, is the most crowded because in the same, within uh, the same two octaves, octave and a half, think of Mozart and, and Schubert, yeah, there's my right hand and her left yeah. hand, right in the middle where, where things should be. Yeah. And, and, and that's a huge challenge, you know, to voice yeah. that down and, and, and sometimes to play the bass for, for two people and not just for one. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and so that is absolutely essential in bigger chamber music setting. Um, mm -hmm. And also all the difficulties of playing chamber music uh, in four hands and two pianos, they become obvious. You know, if you're not doing it right, it just really doesn't sound good. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no hiding, you know. If you don't breathe together, it's not going to be together, for example. And if you don't voice yeah. well, you don't know every role, it, it will sound, you know, bangy or, or, or just... Heavy, yeah. Heavy. Yeah. Heavy. clunky. <laughs> yeah. Come to think of it, I think I've been very spoiled because I have not heard that many other uh, duel, and I think you, the two of you I've heard most extensively. So um, I, I don't know if I've ever heard clunky um, forehands, but I can imagine how frustrating because with the same instrument you can really hear um, the yeah. discrepancies. So. I, understand although now that you have talked about how you had uh, a beginning love for bach and organ music voicing is also very important in bach absolutely so, yeah i think that's I, the I hardest could, yeah. yeah i i remember um uh recording a whole cd of bach transcriptions and there's some you know crazy things godowski and with a million parts and voices added to it so it's very challenging mm -hmm. right to, for clarity and then soon after i, I played some well-tempered clavier uh, original mm. in concert and that was so much harder because it, it's the same amount of information but within you know a five note five finger pattern or a, an octave mm. at the most so so you know these differences are much harder and so i think you know it's really the great great lesson always yeah um so chamber music we talked about a lot you also run a chamber music festival no yes and Tuscany. I had no idea. When did that start? How did you get from? Because I, well, I knew that you were a pianist, like a concertizing. You were teaching also in the uh, some master classes, part of the Lincoln Center Chamber Music Society, and then Tuscany Festival. Yes, that was uh, a. Well, that's a beautiful festival that was started uh, in a. I mean, they're not ugly parts of Tuscany, but yes, particularly beautiful <laughs> part of Tuscany, uh, called uh, Val d'Orcia. Uh, 33 years ago, so uh, that's long before. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't say long before I was born, but <laughs> long before I was interested in, in music festivals. And yeah, uh, then found in, it. Uh, in 2017, uh, well, actually before, uh, I think I was invited to play um, for a few days by um, by the founder uh, Antonio Lisi, fantastic cellist, who's based in Los Angeles, and uh, grew up 
in this area, in this estate. And uh, anyway, I love the place. And then he asked me, would you like to curate this for a few years, you know, and, and to invite your friends, your, your friends, musicians, and to make the programs. And, and he gave me basically carte blanche to do anything I wanted wow. to do. And, you know, having been to so many different chamber music festivals, you, you kind of pick up what you like from one and what you don't really like from the other. Mm-hmm. And, and there's this dream in the back of, of your minds of one day, you know, um, yeah. trying to. And I, I, you know, I was looking into it, but not, not too seriously. And then this opportunity fell onto really onto my lap and and it was supposed to be for three years and i'm still uh, it's going on five now no, it's going on six years <laughs> wow <laughs> but, uh, congrats really a labor labor of love i mean there's especially and we were able to have two festivals during COVID as well yeah and I saw uh, that. there's so much so much work every day for uh, you know for this but um i mean it, it's such a joy to bring musicians you love and friends you love um, to do what they love you know and to do things that they don't normally do on on the re- uh, during the rest of the year and that's what's interesting to me you know put people together in a way that that uh, you cannot see maybe in london or new york or in berlin but uh, um, everyone is comes with an open mind and, and willingness to to learn and do more and grow uh, also everyone comes with families so the kids are growing up together and uh, there's an influx of new musicians every year and some that regular but uh, it's been really great great joy and this year um, we were able to get a videographer and there's going to be a documentary coming out around thanksgiving so Ooh. yes and we're very excited because yeah. this is the first time it was actually filmed i mean the the background some concerts and you know musicians talking and really to to experience um tuscany and the festival the heart of it yeah as you know i mean as you know every uh, festival has something special and different from from the others uh you can have the same musicians playing the same repertoire in a different festival and they will sound different just just the environment is different and the 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 time they spend together is different the uh, audience is different the food they eat is different and that all affects how they perform (laughs) yeah and uh and it's so it's been so hard to tell people what's so special about this festival because there are so many special things you just have to come and enjoy this incredible part of Tuscany, the, the food and the wines we serve, the, the camaraderie of the musicians, the, the beautiful sunsets. I mean, all of this is part of, uh, you can hear it in the music. And so we're hoping that, that this film will, will sh- be able to share that. Where can we watch the film? When it comes uh, well, it's uh, we're um, we're in the process of uh, figuring that out now. <laughs> so, oh, good question! Very exciting. If you have any, if you have any um, tips and suggestions, that would be very great. Open. But it will be easy, easily accessible somewhere. Ah, it's very exciting to to hear that this is coming out because I've enjoyed watching your Instagram stories and just showing little snippets. And those are just uh, very, very tiny moments. And I already can imagine how special it is to be in Tuscany and in that uh, really inspiring, beautiful, serene um, place. So I'm looking forward to it and seeing how it is. It comes together. What's something that you sorry? We'll keep you posted. Uh, yeah. yeah, please do. Uh, what's something that you really wanted the Dream Festival to be like? Because you mentioned that you've always kind of uh, thought about, oh, maybe when I have a festival, this will be how it is. What's something that you really wanted if you were to pick one? I mean, uh, for me, a festival, and it, I'm not thinking as a promoter. I mean, I'm really like not 
um, I have no ambitions, ambition of being a concert promoter per se, but I, I want to create an environment where uh, I would thrive, I would enjoy the company of the musicians, the music making, and, and so would my colleagues. So uh, it's basically, I, I always say it's not a festival. I mean, they're great musicians and great opportunities, but it's not a, a festival where musicians feel like they have to be in but they it's a, f- a festival where musicians feel like they want to be and <laughs> you know and it's not and there are musicians at that uh, you know great stages in their career where they have a choice of some sometimes turning down a more famous festival because they just like what's what's going on there on a personal level um yes you can make great connections you can uh, build on your career you can but that's that's secondary somehow it happens but it's not not the goal you know and and i didn't want to uh, be part of a festival where there's that kind of um uh, of environment where you think okay i need to be seen here i need to do this i need to meet with that person i need to network and this is a, a, a um, oasis to um to really look uh, deep into yourself and 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 figure out what's important to you. And I, I try to invite musicians that think alike. And so far, um, my my biggest point of pride is that you know you, you dream of this repertoire and and people uh, uh, together. And you 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 imagine just you imagine how beautifully it can sound. But uh, every performance has uh, excelled. Uh, expectations exceeded the expectations so uh and that's the biggest joy when i'm not playing in the festival to sit in the audience and hear this incredible music ah that's great congratulations on having been able to realize that dream and the kind of what you were hoping for the ideal of a festival because it's much more about the experience and it's much more organic this way and it kind of makes sense based on how you talked about music how you uh grew up and uh, just the very natural way of coming into music and playing music together it um, kind of makes sense that it's kind of your ideal of the festival (laughs) so i think last thing maybe to talk about is food (laughs) <laughs> how long do you have <laughs> we need a different, well, uh, yeah, different show for this different show. <laughs> so i see you posting about food and i've been something that i've been thinking about is um why we post what we post on the internet us musicians because ultimately it's about music right but yet sometimes i find the urge to post about clouds for example right. or yeah. uh, something very random and so food what uh what does that mean to you i guess um, why post I mean, about food for me <laughs> for me food was always a passion i mean my mother was an english teacher at the culinary institute uh, and a fantastic home home chef uh, so I grew up always around food and interested, you know, I used to make breakfasts like a seven or eight for the family. I, I mean, I was just, in my spare oh, wow. time, I would read cookbooks, you know, it's, it's I was really, really obsessed. And then yeah, when I was small, you know, my, um, my mother would pick me up from, from grade school and then she would bring me to her, her school where they would have exams, which are, you know. Like luxurious nine course meals and i would sit there and patiently eat everything and um and um later in life it became a way you know you know it's pretty crazy especially pre-pandemic the way we were traveling and spending so little time in every place um we have to eat no matter what uh, so it was a way to connect with the local local cu- culture in a very easy um, needed and accessible way 
Um, so I would always um, ask people where they like to eat, what the local things, local specialties are. Um, there's a sense of adventure and discovery. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm also interested in my own thoughts about, uh, about flavors, about mixing flavors in a very similar way. I'm interested in, in music, you know, uh, about you're talking about balance, voicing and, and actually observing and processing what you hear in music and what you taste in food. I find it mm. very, very similar. Um, and, and I just like it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised you, you, the pictures you post, uh, of your food, it's always so delicious. And then I get really hungry every time I look at your <laughs> stories about food, <laughs> but I guess, uh, during this pandemic that has been a source of outlet for, um, yeah, well, uh, a bit too much so, right? little too much because then you're kind of forced <laughs> he was kind of forced to cook at least three meals a day so mm. uh, yeah that's, that's that's a little different <laughs> the opposite feeling that you didn't want uh, in the festival of being forced to uh, the obligatory feeling. yeah there's an obligation exactly exactly <laughs> but i love you know well, and then i can't wait for this to return you know new york has so many great restaurants but i i mm -hmm. uh, one of my biggest joys was to invite uh, people at home and that's if it sounds like an invitation it is <laughs> people at home to uh um especially traveling musicians you know they, they come and play friends carnegie hall lincoln center whatever it is uh, and then just invite them home and cook cook for them and, and get people together mm -hmm. in a relaxed environment because you know eating out in new york is is fantastic but not really really relaxing <laughs> yeah no. so, um, um, yeah I, I really missed that a lot and it was very cruel yeah. because all of a sudden everybody all my friends were in, in new york all our friends were in new york and but we couldn't get together for a long time so it's <laughs> yeah. even even more frustrating yeah yeah but i see you returning to some concerts lately no yeah. yeah, yeah, I think it's actually. starting starting again. Uh, yeah. It's becoming very busy. I'm, I'm trying to figure yeah. out if it's just that we lost the the momentum and now we have mm -hmm. to gather the stamina and create that again, or it's that there were so many cancellations and things rescheduled randomly, uh, and then new things coming in that the, our, the my schedule or our schedule, everybody's schedule is happening, is unfolding in a very unnatural way, in ways that, that yeah. we wouldn't have done before, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I don't, absolutely, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining. I'm so thrilled that, that we're playing again. Yeah. We've traveled to festivals together and uh, done concerts together and separately. And Well, actually... Uh, talk about just an hour ago he just got uh, asked to play with the new york phil next week next week yes, yes. So, so that's like, a news wow <laughs> Wait, are you are you playing as a substitute or are you yeah, for playing... for advancedness i am uh, watching you you are oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> no he was just asked what are you playing i just bought a ticket yesterday because I wanted to I see how I time to get your money back. <laughs> <laughs> but what are you playing? I only bought it because I wanted to see. Because uh, you might have noticed I'm in a Schumann phase, and I I was so fascinated to see how they would unfold that program and present it to the audience. I wanted yeah, to go it's see same same program. It's the same program. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Ah, yeah. Except well, I don't expect this. <laughs> I know, how funny. But... You're breaking the news here. Yeah, live. <laughs> oh, <laughs> congratulations. 
Wow. Well, I guess we were bound to somehow ex uh, experience each other's existence somehow, whether it's me on in the audience or through the screen here on Classical Chats. Wow. So, uh, okay. Well, that's an adjustment. <laughs> I've never heard you play solo, I think. Oh, so well. <laughs> I think alive. I don't think so. Yeah. Wow. This is a shock, but that, that's great. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah. So so things happen, you know. Unexpected. Uh, now I can understand what you were meaning. Yeah, by yeah. unexpected, this is really a, a huge <laughs> uh, unexpected. Yeah. But I'm excited. Wow. Okay, so I will see you next week. See you next week. Yeah, see you I will wave. next week. <laughs> yeah, I'm there on Friday. So I will. Wow. Okay, cool. What's it like, actually, speaking of substitution, to suddenly spring on? I mean, I don't want to take up more of your time, too. No, no, I'm sure yeah, you, you, know, practice, you know, I have but... to practice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's very interesting. I mean, it also depends, you know, on the, your comfort level, how much time you have, how well you know the piece, how recently you perform. I mean, I had to do a substitution on even shorter notice um, a few years ago in Cincinnati with uh, Bram Second. Uh, hmm. and, but, I, you know, I had played that few months before. Schumann has, it's been a while, but um, I'm really... It's not as technically difficult though as Brahms 2. No, no but, you know, my personal comfort level with Brahms 2 at that stage was was fine. So so mm. that I didn't think of it twice. This one was more of a decision making, you know. And also we mm -hmm. had to, um, to we had, uh, we had uh, two, two recordings, recordings. Uh, happening in London, which had to be now, um, and it's funny because this happened really a few minutes ago. Yeah, uh, we had to be uh, rescheduled for the third time, <laughs> which uh, is a bit annoying. But, yeah, uh, so and so, so yeah, things are just a bit a bit chaotic. But um, um, but you know, you're going through a Schumann phase, I think. It's yes, I am. Schumann, so Schumann that's life, why you know it's such yeah. incredible incredible music, and that concerto is so so special. Uh, yeah, that. I'm really excited to hear you play, especially since now I know you a little bit more personally of your background. And it's always very different for me to listen uh, to someone that I've talked to and to someone I've never That's met. True. So That's true. Yeah. that makes it more personal. I'm now extra excited because I've never heard um, the, uh, I don't know how to say his name, Leif. Leif. Leif Oh, he's fantastic. He was, yeah, he I was heard that he's great, but I... Yeah. He was with us in Tuscany yeah, also. We had a wonderful, ago. wonderful time Well, together. I mean, your, your circle of friends, uh, it makes sense that uh, he would have been to your festival because I looked at the artist list that you have and it's amazing. So well, now I'm excited. I'm going to hear you next week. Yay. Great. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time and uh, good luck. Thank you. Thank Not you. that you need happy, it, but, uh, but I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will do that now. Well, that was a pleasant surprise. It was an honor to talk to an upcoming soloist with the New York Philharmonic, but of course also to learn so much about duo piano playing from Lucille and Alexio. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you very much to everyone who has supported Together with Classical. Please check out togetherwithclassical.org for upcoming fundraisers and ways to support us.